Welcome to the STEMness Podcast, a podcast produced at the Cohen College of Engineering at the University of Houston, aimed at celebrating trailblazing women in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. You will hear industry leaders, engineering researchers, and female faculty members at the Cullen College talk about their journeys in STEM and how their work impacts the next generation of female STEMinists. Hi, I'm Arya Shunker. I'm currently a biomedical engineering senior at the University of Houston, and I'm one of the hosts of the STEMinist podcast this season. Thank you for tuning into this episode, and I hope you enjoy. On today's Deminist podcast episode, we have Dr. LaShorn Benjamin, who is an ASEE fellow at the University of Houston. So thank you, Dr. Benjamin, for joining us today. Could you please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your background? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you very much, Aria, for having me. Um, my name is LaShorn Benjamin. Um, I'm currently a currently an ASEE fellow at the University of Houston, working with Dr. Henderson. Um, my background has been in education for quite some time, um, over a decade. Started in the K-12 setting um, within a student support department teaching algebra. Um, and after having taught many of the, the grade levels within the, in the um, middle to high school educational grades, um, I decided to move into accreditation, um, which really looks at the idea of educational quality, particularly in tertiary and post-secondary institutions, so universities and colleges. Um, thereafter, I pursued, or while there, I pursued my, my doctoral um, program, which was in educational um, leadership. Um, and did a couple different things across <laughs> that time. But currently, um, as you said, I'm an E fellow at the University of Houston, um, looking at a couple of different things in the in the field of, of engineering ed and engineering ed research. Perfect, thank you. So what made you want to shift from educational research to engineering? How was that pathway for you? I think the shift for me was one that was exciting because it allowed me the opportunity to expand um, an area of research that I had started during my doctoral program, but an area of research that was very, um, I'd say close to my heart and something that I find being um, of significance to students as well, right? Um, my The larger piece of my, my research agenda through my postdoc looks at the idea of quality in PhD, um, in engineering and PhD programs. So in answering your question, at the doctoral level, I looked at um, what constitutes a quality PhD program, but more so across disciplines, not a specific discipline. So in my postdoc, I get the opportunity to expand that specifically within engineering ed research. So that's why I said, um, it was very exciting for me to have that opportunity to look at a particular or one specific discipline. Mm -hmm. Is that why you also wanted to apply to the engineering education postdoc position at UH? Yes, yes, that was a, a great part of it. Um, Dr. Henderson, who supervises my work here, um, he was very much interested in the project. He liked um, my methodology, was one um, that he uses as well and one that he finds a significant amount of value in. Um, so I knew because of that commonality that 
or I felt, I shouldn't say that I knew, <laughs> right? Because I wasn't certain, but I had I had strong feelings that it would be a successful partnership if I did um, commence a, a postdoc um, fellowship. Also, um, and I know we have a couple different things to discuss, so probably it'll be all over the place. <laughs> no but, worries. Okay, cool. So um, he, a lot of his research looks at um, the experiences of black males. And I have um, a published paper that uh, does a, a review almost of the movies, the movie Boys in the Hood, which um, focuses on the experiences of the black male characters of that movie. So... Dr. Henderson being a researcher that looks at the experiences of black males and my having conducted some research or um, had a publication in that area, I was already thinking, okay, well, at least we could meet on that common ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was a big part of it. Yeah, I was just thinking that unique publication, Boys in the Hood. It's so so interesting that your work lined up with his interests Mm -hmm. for you to find that intersectionality between your work and his work. Um, so going back to uh, the engineering education program, could you explain what exactly is the engineering education program at UH? Yeah, so I think even if you just think about engineering ed uh, as, a, as a discipline, as a field, there really isn't much consensus about that, right? Mm-hmm. So um, different people have different views as to what constitutes engineering ed, but in terms of your question, specifically the program, um, there's interest in having an engineering ed PhD program on campus. It hasn't been established yet, but uh, Dr. Henderson um, is doing a lot of work in that area. And the research that, I'll, that I'm currently doing, the, the quality project, will be some of the, um, the early dates that I will inform the design of that program. So in asking what it is, engineering ed, right, if we look at that, really is a field of study that that explores a lot of the educational um, issues, um, occurrences, realities that happen within engineering programs or in the preparation of engineers and the training and the development in the education of engineers, Mm -hmm. right? Um, A PhD program in that area specifically is charged with developing training um, doctoral students to be able to undertake research in that area, high quality research that expands the bounds of the field, right? So all PhD programs require that, um, that students add to the body of knowledge. So taking those two pieces together, an engineering ed PhD program would be one that trains a student to be able to contribute to the field of um, engineering ed. And I think I just went into what's engineering ed, right? Absolutely. For my own curiosity, Mm -hmm. I'm interested in how engineering ed could potentially affect or apply to undergraduate students. Mm-hmm. Um, being a undergraduate student in engineering uh, myself and also being a, uh, a woman of color, then mm-hmm. you were speaking about that your um, somewhat your, rela- your research um, is based on. I was just mm-hmm. wondering how that could be applied or how an undergraduate like me could see the benefits or see any possible um, outcomes of your research. So us on the research side, we would love if <laughs> students at, at your level and, and, and students at more advanced levels really engage with our research and ask questions. Um, un- undergraduate students form a great part of the established and current research in engineering education. Engineering education really looks at the what, um, what 
engineering students study. It looks at the experiences of engineering students. It looks at um, what engineering students, the outcomes that they have in terms of their career pathways, um, the partnerships between the industry and the classroom and those experiences that students have. So I think um, students at your level can benefit greatly from some of the the implications of the research. Implications are usually the last section of any research paper, mm -hmm. um, and it provides guidance based on whatever is the evidence-based um, findings that come out of any research project. So um, one of the projects that I was working on recently looks at this idea of student support, um, particularly for Black males in engineering. Um, and while that project really um, has Black males as the the core um, population of interest, the, the insights I think could be transferable to other groups as well, right? Um, looking at the idea of students wanting clear support, right? Support that is before them that they can see, that they can easily access, but also wanting opportunities to develop their own ability to think critically and to make choices and to think about their future. Mm -hmm. So in, in my thinking about a paper like that, I think any undergraduate student can, you know, um, print a copy of that, take a few minutes, you know, look at some of the implications and think, okay, well, I can possibly apply this to my needs as a student in the classroom. Of course, a lot of the implications that we do are geared towards faculty members mm -hmm. and how they engage students. But I do think students have an opportunity to think, well, ah, oh, maybe I should be doing this when I encounter a challenge, or maybe these are the some maybe these are some experiences that I should be looking for in preparation for my post graduation transition, whether that be advanced study or into the workforce or further research or anything like that. Absolutely, I think it's really great, at least from my understanding, that engineering was initially thought to be made for a certain type of student and now it's expanding for um, other people of color maybe it's black hispanics mm -hmm. um, other asian and south asian people that like me mm -hmm. so i think at least from what you're saying this research really benefits for the future and um, you're saying on a higher level but i think when I go into my classes, my engineering classes, I see a multitude of people now, which is very encouraging. Mm -hmm. um, and I I see that there, I have resources, I have people that are like me that I can reach out to um, in this, uh, in the field of engineering. Great, and I think, um, and I'm happy that you have that experience and that, you know, the experience has been um, positive and that you feel supported. The um, National Science Foundation um, has invested quite, significantly into into broadening participation of diverse groups within engineering with uh, um, varying levels of success. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we do know based on research that exists that there is still um, a long way to go mm -hmm. for, for the field to be inclusive to all, particularly groups that have been traditionally excluded or who exist at the margins of the discipline, who do not feel like, you know, the mm -hmm. center or that the discipline um, addresses their particular needs. But um, what you're saying is definitely in line with some of the, the current um, work that is done within the field and that idea of broadening participation in engineering for groups that have been traditionally excluded from participating. Absolutely. 
So we just touched upon the black male engineering student support that you were talking about, but mm -hmm. I would like to talk about your other projects of interest, mm -hmm. um, which are also centered around engineering education. So could you speak more about your other research initiatives, maybe the E in engineering? Yeah. <laughs> so um, the E, <laughs> that paper is entitled, if I remember it correctly, is the E in engineering for entrepreneurship. And folks found that to be very interesting um, and I guess thought-provoking as well. Um, the project, that particular project, is a sub-project from a larger project that was ongoing in the Henderson Research Group that asked students, um, undergraduate male students, black male students, about their aspirations um, subsequent to compl completing their undergraduate engineering degree. When I conducted my analysis of this data, what I found um, uh, or what I identified in the data set was a great emphasis on these students uh, recounting or expressing a desire to either engage in entrepreneurial um, endeavors, uh, owning their own business, or in seeking um, managerial positions within um, established engineering food engineering firms. Um, and what they found to be beneficial to do either of those things is to have a strong basis in, in, in business knowledge and economics and to have strong business acumen. So whereas um, my bias or my assumption in entering this project was that if you're asking engineering students what, what are their aspirations thereafter, um, I would think if we're talking education, there would be interest in pursuing master's level degrees in engineering. But to my surprise, this particular cohort, there was significant interest in pursuing the MBA degree, mm -hmm. particularly because um, those students either wanted to have that business understanding to be able to ascend through the corporate ladder or to be able to um, create businesses of their own. Absolutely. I think that's just interesting, speaking from my own perspective of being a um, undergraduate engineering student mm -hmm. right now. Um, I know a lot of my peers in my engineering classes are also interested in going into business as well, whether it be higher education mm -hmm. or um, going into more of an analyst role um, out of college. I think mm -hmm. it's really interesting that they engineering is used as a foundation to develop those skills mm -hmm. um, that can be applied to multiple career fields. Yep, yep. And when I think about my student support background, I'm always speaking about the transferability of um, training, of education. So I myself, I was an economics undergrad, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I don't think I've specifically or directly <laughs> worked in any sort of a <laughs> financial firm or, or anything like that. I apologize. <laughs> Um, but the skills that I would have gained as a result of, of my undergraduate pursuit has helped me tremendously across the decade and how many of a years since I've graduated. And I, and I can see what you're saying in that um, using that un, um, engineering degree as a, as a um, launch pad for many mm -hmm. other things. So I can cook. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and then lastly, if you could speak about um, a core part of your research, which is the positionality in engineering and engineering education research. So that piece, which is currently um, being designed and I'm still conceptualizing it, 
also came about from the entrepreneurial piece um, and other works as well. So positionality speaks to um, one's the, the identities that we hold when we approach any particular endeavor, right? So for us as researchers, it speaks to, in some part, our identities that we bring to the research, particularly qualitative research that really sees the researcher as a research instrument. Mm -hmm. So when I look at a data set, um, my positionalities um, help me in identifying patterns and themes in data. And when I first worked on the entrepreneurial piece, I started to realize that what I saw in these data was quite different from my peers who had who were um, you know trained engineers or who whose background was strictly in engineering. So having more of a social science background, um, having not not being born here in the U.S., mm -hmm. um, my migrant identity. Um, disciplinary identity like these different pieces my gender allowed me to see this common data set that we were all working on with a different lens so I remember um, that positionality piece <laughs> that I continue to work on um, I remember comparing it to looking at West Indian cooking and the ways in which we season food and the ways in which we cook, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not much of a cook myself, so it's <laughs> even funny that I'm referencing this, but you know, thinking about making a stew and all these things coming together, melting together to give this finished product. And I started to think about the, the ways that that was so similar to the work that I do as a qualitative researcher. So immediately, um, I started to reach out to linguists. Oh wow. And they were they said they were very intrigued by the fact that this person that's doing engineering and research has an interest in, in, in linguistics. So when I explained to them the ways in which I was using a particular word as a metaphor for, for qualitative research and my positionality within engineering education research, they were very much surprised and intrigued by how I saw it all, all coming together. So when I think about my positionality, I'm, I'm always considering when I do analysis of, of data, what is causing me to see this? And mm -hmm. I make a lot of notes on my analysis or on my sheets, on my transcripts about what might be allowing me to see X. Um, and when I use certain methods in trying to um, ensure that what I am seeing really exists within the data and is a good representation of the students' experiences, even if it is through my lens, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Absolutely. So yeah, so that's a little bit of the background for the positionality piece. Absolutely, thank you so much. I think just generally, it's very inspiring how you said that you were an economics major originally, <laughs> and now you're so deep into the nuances of engineering and what really, how it applies. Um, kind of on the same note, what advice would you give to young women who are curious about pursuing a STEM field, but may not necessarily come from a STEM background? Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. And, and like, 
never second guess yourself and if you do second guess yourself answer yourself affirmatively let yourself know that you can do it um i think in terms of support ask the questions that will get you the support that you think you need and that's tough right to ask like a first year undergraduate student to ask questions for for um the support that you think you need because sometimes you don't know what you need right mm-hmm. you, it, it, it's new as you said the question said you don't come from a stem background so there probably isn't um a person who within your immediate network who may have had the experiences of pursuing a stem degree or an engineering degree um but reach out to any and all resources that you have access to understand that your role you are new to the field um and by virtue of being new that means you have a lot to learn so more than likely persons are interested in in being helpful in supporting your journey through the program um and don't wait until the last moment you know don't think okay i'll get that um you know i I might not be doing well so let me just continue to not do well (laughs) let me seek you know resources that i think or or the assistance of persons that i think may be able to help me and i think different institutions um have systems set up in different ways but i think for the most part institutions do have um some system of support there particularly for for engineering Mm -hmm. students so i'd say my advice would be definitely do it and um ask questions that get you to the resources that you think you need because while professors might be experts of the discipline the student is an expert of their life experience Mm. so you Mm. know yourself best absolutely right you know when you struggle what you need Mm -hmm. it might look different it might be a mental health issue it might be a actual content issue and um ask the questions that you think will get you to the resources that you need to address those particular issues absolutely i've definitely have to had to learn that let's say the hard way throughout <laughs> my my engineering journey um as an undergraduate but everything that you've said is applicable i think we just learned that along the way whether mm-hmm. the first year kind of hits us rough mm-hmm. and then we learn to just be better students and understand ourselves and how to apply ourselves to engineering and how it can apply to us as well very cool so your answer could possibly apply to this next question as well but mm-hmm. What advice would you give to individuals who are interested in STEM but aren't necessarily seeing representation from people who look like them? And that's a reality in STEM, right? Yeah. <laughs> that is a, a, a true reality in STEM. Um, I do think the same advice is applicable, but I think I'd extend that in terms of um, looking at particular affinity groups within the specific discipline. So if, for instance, that person is of um, African descent, Black or African-American, there is NSBE, right? Mm -hmm. Which is um, the Society for for Black Engineers. And um, that's a great center for for seeking that sort of um, ethnic or, or racial representation that a student might be. Um, seeking um, affinity groups are great for that in terms of finding a community of persons that you find comfortable who you 
who may or may not share your experiences or whom you feel a sense of belonging with because that's also a big piece of um, persistence right Mm -hmm. i feel as though i belong to x i feel as though i belong to this discipline i feel as though i can exist within this career because even when students graduate affinity groups exist for professionals Mm -hmm. you know so it's something that continues to be a challenge um but i would say specifically look for people um who you think you may be able to relate to but who you think can assist you along that journey um i do think even though that advice is directed towards the individual we need to recognize that a lot of these issues are not rooted in the individual it's mm-hmm. systemic it has to do with the discipline it has to do with organizations it has to do with institutions so also i'm not trying to put um i hope my response doesn't convey um any assumptions that um a lack of representation is an individual issue mm-hmm. you know and i think that's also something i'd want to bring to the fore um that somebody's seeking uh more representation for persons who look or who feel or who think like them need to understand that not all fields are diverse um, and that fields still have a way to go to be able to be all-encompassing for all persons or to feel or to give everyone um, that same sense of belonging. So I'd say try your best to to align yourself with with groups that... um, showcase that sort of representation that you're looking for but also keep in mind that it isn't a short and individualistic shortcoming it may it may be a facet of the of the field or of the of the um the institution um and hopefully when that person is able to to um achieve some level to achieve success that they are willing to also be advocates for others within whatever is that space or place, right? So um, you, you've, you've done great work in your, your um, program. I'm sure, you know, and maybe I'm assuming here, but a lot of the times persons reach back out to help mm-hmm. those or to assist those who may have a similar sort of trajectory within the program or discipline. Absolutely. I know at least for the University of Houston, we have great resources for in engineering at least, but also just um, university-wide. Mm-hmm for kind of anyone and everyone that mm-hmm. wants to just not feel alone for any major or any um, interest. So um, everything you said is, I, I, I'm seeing that in my university, which is very Great. inspiring. Great. Um, but those are all the questions that I had for you today. Thank you, Dr. Benjamin, for joining me here today, um, sharing about your personal journey to engineering, as well as the insight on some very influential work and research that you do. Thank you for having me. And this has been very, very, um, it's been fun and it's been a rewarding experience for me. So thank you so much for the invite. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Steminist Podcast. Tune in next time where we'll be hearing from more amazing women in STEM. Want to listen to more podcast episodes? Check out our podcast website at www.egr.uh.edu to listen and subscribe today.